Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. Good Monday morning. Welcome to the Vince Coakley Radio Program. Glad to be back with you as we start off another broadcast week. A lot of interesting things to talk about. As you know, big stories going on with politics. The big developments, Ron DeSantis has dropped out. And we now are on the edge of the New Hampshire primary, which could be a close race between Nikki Haley and Donald Trump. In fact, it may be a closer race because of Ron DeSantis' decision. We will talk about that. Also, some interesting questions beginning to surface about Donald Trump. We've had some conversations about Joe Biden. His nickname here on this broadcast is Mr. Magoo because of the fact this guy doesn't know where he is. Well, I think some of these mental acuity questions are beginning to happen with Donald Trump as well, and I think appropriately so. We'll talk about how this could become a key issue and maybe a game-changing issue for one Nikki Haley. We'll discuss that during the course of the broadcast. I mentioned Ron DeSantis. You will hear from him. He's dropped out, also endorsed Donald Trump, embraced his candidacy. I've got some very strong thoughts about this entire contest and the entire situation. And there's a, uh, in fact, in the middle of the night, my mind was reeling with thoughts on a piece that I may write about where I believe the country is. And I will probably go into some of that during the course of the broadcast today. Also, we have got some unfortunate news on the Navy SEALs that have been missing for quite some time now. Uh, Once again, this is a situation where we are not in an active war, but again... Our American men and women are really in the line of fire and, excuse me, find themselves putting their lives on the line, even though we are not actually involved in a war. We'll talk about what has happened and the discovery of uh, this new information that's been put out. Further adding to my cynicism about politics and politicians, I, I'm i just going to be very blunt and tell you, you have some of the most worthless politicians in South Carolina. Those of you south of the border, the Republican Party, I, I wonder whether you ought to just shut it down. And maybe suggest not giving a darn dime to this political party. It's dead, ideologically. It is dead. I'm going to tell you what 63 morons did. Yes, and I don't mind saying it. Because it's reprehensible what they have done. 
we will bring this up a little bit later on. You know, it's really intriguing, and I told you, folks, I really believe we're at a place where there are a number of very important issues in our country where there is such a sense of consensus that the right kind of leader, I think the right kind of leader could come along now and win with a landslide victory, running on these issues and running with a positive message without drama, without being an ass, just being a genuinely good person and appealing to the things that are on the hearts and minds of Americans. You will maybe be surprised by the position that is being taken by one Democrat senator on the subject of immigration. It's certainly a breath of fresh air. We will talk about that. First, I want to begin with a positive story. As you know, I'm a big aviation buff. So I was quite intrigued by this story about a Southern Airways Express flight that took off from Washington Dulles Airport on Friday. It left from Dulles, flight 246, at around 12.45 p.m. on the way to Lancaster, Pennsylvania. If I'm guessing this is probably a one-hour or so flight up to Pennsylvania. Two minutes later, the Cessna 208B Grand Caravan landed on the Loudoun County Parkway as on a road. Fortunately, everybody on board is reported safe, which is why I'm sharing the story first. I just think this is the coolest story because so many of these Smaller plane stories, the ending is not good. Everybody dies. The NTSB is investigating this. The plane only got up to 850 feet before it started coming down on the highway. The air traffic control audio is pretty amazing. You can hear the pilot. She gets on the radio. The call sign for the airline is friendly for Southern Airways, declaring Mayday, Mayday. And you hear her say, we're landing on, and the next thing you hear is, we're on the ground. We'll let you hear this for yourself. This is extraordinary audio from air traffic control. Listen up. Friendly 246, Dallas. Friendly 246 on the ground. Friendly 246, you say you're on the ground? We are on the ground. We just landed. Friendly 246, understand you're on the ground. Uh, we are dispatching emergency services to your location now. Hold on. Okay, just want to evacuate the aircraft. Friendly 246, are you saying that you're evacuating the aircraft? Okay, ground, uh, uh, Friendly 246, the runway is across from Wendy's and Aldi. Friendly 246, Roger, I understand across the, from the Wendy's and Aldi. Affirmative, all passengers and uh, uh, pilots are alive and well, no injuries. Friendly 246, that's great news, thanks for sharing. How many passengers are on board? We have five passengers and uh, we had 1,100 pounds of fuel, no fire, no problem. Five passengers, 1,100 pounds of fuel, and how many crew? Two crew. 
seven total, 1,100 uh, pounds of fuel. Thank you. Isn't that an awesome ending to this? Everybody is fine. I think it's absolutely awesome to hear air traffic controllers having a conversation with a pilot. Oh, we're between the Aldis and the Wendy's. <laughs> I mean, this is amazing. Absolutely amazing. And we are very thankful this plane landed safely. I thought this would be a really cool way to start off this broadcast and help to put us all in a good mood. And now we blow it all up talking about politics as we continue the broadcast of the Vince Coakley radio program. And we're back to the Vince Coakley radio program. 21 minutes after 10 o'clock. You know the big news. Ron DeSantis out here on the eve of the New Hampshire primary. This sets up a contest that was pretty much going to be the same contest, except a little bit different dynamic, which is Nikki Haley running directly against Donald Trump. Some interesting headlines from Drudge for Trump in 2024. And we'll delve into these issues a little bit more in depth. Haley questions Trump's mental fitness. He's just not at the same level he was. Attacks on age may be a tipping point. We will discuss this. More and more confusion. He kicks out protester who brands him dictator. Wall Street Journal, legal woes, splinter Republican unity. Nikki needs jolt to stop Don in New Hampshire, but where is the energy? GOP chairman says absolutely could win, as in Nikki Haley. That's what it comes down to. That's the choice in the primary. I had a conversation with a good friend of mine just this morning, and, and I'm going to be very straightforward with you. As things stand now for the primary, there's a strong possibility I may not even bother voting in the primary. I'm just being honest. I cannot, with a good conscience, vote for Donald Trump. I absolutely will not. It will be a cold day in hell before I vote for Nikki Haley. This party has left me with absolutely nobody to vote for. That's where we are. I mean, I'm just being straightforward honest with you. That's where I am. I don't know what your thoughts are. I saw a poll this morning on Fox that most of the people who are going to vote for DeSantis are going with Trump. And then another percentage are going with Nikki Haley. I mean, this is like choosing between, uh, I don't know, between uh, snake poison and arsenic. I don't know. But that's where I am. I'm going to try to... I was about to say minimize my comments on this, but I, I feel very strongly about this. And I'll express a little bit more of those ideas a little bit later on in the context of a couple of stories that we will delve into. First, Ron DeSantis dropping out. Florida Governor Ron DeSantis suspending his Republican presidential campaign yesterday, ending his 2024 White House bid just before the New Hampshire primary while endorsing his bitter rival Donald Trump. In one sense, I kind of thought this was coming. New Hampshire is going to be a joke. He's in single digits. 
He's not even contesting there. I heard before the weekend he was pulling all of his people out of New Hampshire. They were going to focus on South Carolina, which is another joke because Donald Trump dominates South Carolina. Nikki Haley is not even going to win her own state. It's going to be brutal. So there's really no path forward for Ron DeSantis, which is why he dropped out. The decision leaves Trump and former U.N. Ambassador Nikki Hale is the last major candidates remaining in the race ahead of Tuesday's New Hampshire primary. This is the scenario Trump's foes and the GOP have long sought, raising the stakes for this week's contest as the party's last chance to stop the former president, who so far has dominated the race. But as some critics cheered, DeSantis nodded toward Trump's primary dominance and attacked Haley in his exit video he posted on social media. He actually said, it's clear to me, a majority of Republican primary voters, they want to give Donald Trump another chance. The snide remark he made about Nikki Haley. I signed a pledge to support the Republican nominee. I will honor that pledge. He has my endorsement because we can't go back to the old Republican guard of yesteryear, a repackaged form of warmed over corporatism that Nikki Haley represents. Ouch. Exactly. This woman is not to be trusted anywhere near the White House. She's got nothing. Zero. Here are some of the comments from Ron DeSantis as he announced that he was dropping out. Now, over the past many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country to deliver a message of hope that decline is a choice and that we can, in fact, succeed again as a nation. Nobody worked harder and we left it all out on the field. Now, following our second place finish in Iowa, we've prayed and deliberated on the way forward. If there was anything I could do to produce a favorable outcome, more campaign stops, more interviews, I would do it. But I can't ask our supporters to volunteer their time and donate their resources if we don't have a clear path to victory. Accordingly, I am today suspending my campaign. I'm proud to have delivered on 100% of my promises. And I will not stop now. So Ron DeSantis outs. And as I mentioned, he has endorsed Donald Trump, who was more than happy to receive that endorsement. And how kind of him. He's no longer going to use that um, stupid name, Ron DeSanctimonious. The uh, at least one aspect of his juvenile act has come to an end with the departure of of Ron DeSantis still to come on the broadcast and I'd love to get your thoughts along the way as to how this contest looks as we head toward New Hampshire South Carolina coming up you're going to hear Donald Trump and some of the confusion coming out of his mouth is he dealing with his own mental issues just like the president that we've been watching on the decline. We will raise this question, and there's another interesting piece on this subject suggesting this may be the Achilles heel for Donald Trump. We'll talk about this and much more as we continue our Monday broadcast. Right now, 1028. 
Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Interesting contrast of emails sent in to your host. Hey, Vince. Hope all is well. Geesh. Another one bites the dust. I hate Trump, but I have to admit, he let everyone punch themselves out. And it worked. Haley's the only one left. She is in uncharted territory. This is scary. Peace to you and your family, Vince. Thank you very much, Keith. And then we have this from Thomas. Mr. Coakley, give it a rest. Most of us, your listeners, don't care about your opinion about Trump and other American America first candidates. We have our own opinions. You and the rest of the media spend all your time psychoanalyzing Trump. In almost every case, you are all wrong. You look foolish and childish. It appears that your positions are the same old Republican election losing. No one cares political positions and policies. Millions of us have moved on looking for opportunities to make America great again and forever. Sorry, TPS. Hey, go ahead with your fantasy. Because that's exactly what it is. It's fantasy. You will not build an America that's great with somebody who is psychologically damaged and apparently taps into the very things that are also in you that celebrate this man's dysfunction. And that's been my position all along. We're not going to rebuild crap. That's my concern. Let me just say, before may as well go ahead and respond to this. This is going to go one of two ways. Either all of the criminal stuff, the prosecutions, the lawsuits, either all of that's going to bring him down. Or he might go ahead and win. And America will come to regret the next four years. I'm serious about this. I don't think America wins one way or the other. I think either way, America loses. It might be a victory for Trump. But I think it will be four years of distraction away from some of the most important things, the most consequential and important things that are going on. And those of you who were moronic enough to try to put me in the category with Nikki Haley and all of these other people, it shows how small your minds are. Because all you can see is Donald Trump and everybody else. This is part of what's concerned me about this entire thing. I've watched people's minds literally shrink the last few years. They really have. I'm not talking about Democrats. I'm talking about Republicans. The ability to reason, to use rational thought, it's gone down, down the toilet. And all of the people, I mean, I was watching something with a friend just today, and I, when I see these people, all of these people who have literally shoved their, their heads up Donald Trump's ass the last few years, I can't stand to watch them. I, ju I just can't. I'll, I'll just tell you, I don't mind mentioning names. Sarah Huckabee Sanders, Mike Huckabee, all of these people, all of these people 
They have just puckered up on this guy's rear end. And they've belittled themselves along the way. <laughs> Jabril writes in, Nikki Haley's a neocon. She's the female version of Lindsey Graham. That might be a compliment. <laughs> and I hope, to Jabril's point, and I think I've made this quite clear, that I'm not a Nikki Haley fan or any of these other people who just want to continue business as usual. But I've also seen Donald Trump's four years. And while I like the maintenance aspect, there was no substantive long-term change put in place, as in reducing the size of government. He had his chance. He didn't do any of it. Well, he had all these people coming after him. I don't care. We don't have time to waste. Zero. And all the while, our debt gets bigger and bigger. And our time to get control of this situation, it continues to dissipate. Time is ticking, ladies and gentlemen. Never mind about my perspective. <laughs> Let's go out to Donna. Uh, good morning, Donna. Welcome to the broadcast. Is Donna? The, oh, she has disappeared. Um, just an example I do give people with varying views the opportunity to share their opinions. So, uh, <laughs> oh, my goodness, uh, another text here that I will have to read a little bit later on. I want to quickly get to one of the things that is likely to become an ongoing issue. I'm talking about questions about Donald Trump's state of mind. He has blamed his Republican presidential opponent and former South Carolina Governor Nikki Haley for the January 6th Capitol riot during a rally on Friday. You say, what? Well, he was speaking in Concord, New Hampshire, confusing his former ambassadors to the U.N. with former Speaker Nancy Pelosi. Now, Trump has previously blamed Pelosi for the security breakdown that enabled the January 6th Capitol riot take place during a speech. Trump repeatedly said Haley's name before claiming she was behind the lapse. Listen up and hear what he had to say. This is now Donald the past Trump. Many months, Casey and I have traveled across the country. Actually, that deliver a message of hope. Run to Santos. is a choice, and that we can't. Not the audio we were looking for. This should be. Uh, Donald Trump and his uh, confusion, confusing Nikki Haley with Nancy Pelosi. Okay, here we go. Let's listen to that one. By the way, they never report the crowd on January 6th. You know, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, Nikki Haley, you know, they did you know they destroyed all of the information, all of the evidence, everything, deleted and destroyed all of it, all of it because of lots of things like Nikki Haley is in charge of security we offered her 10,000 people Nikki Haley he's actually supposedly talking about Nancy Pelosi why is he having gaffes like this 
I mean, it's one thing to say it one time, but he said it multiple times. What is going on here? I think it's appropriate to ask the question. And again, I this is another question that's in my mind. Why in the world are we attacking a man who is perhaps has one foot in the grave on the Democrat side when we may have a candidate who may not be far off himself and may have his own cognitive issues? See, this is where our own integrity and our own intellectual curiosity must remain in place. I don't care who it is. And if I had a candidate that I were, you know, gunning with and saying, hey, I'm, I'm standing with this candidate. And if this person started to show signs of mental lapses, I'd be raising the question, too. I don't care. But unfortunately, there are a lot of people who aren't going to be honest and calls and calls and whatever. And frankly, I don't care because some of you have lost your ability to reason. And that went out long time ago, years ago. But that's life. Coming up, you will hear one perspective on what's going on with Donald Trump and how this could be a line of attack, a successful one, perhaps, for Nancy Pelosi, <laughs> a.k.a. Nikki Haley, as we continue our broadcast 1045. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program a few minutes ago, we tried to pick up a call and did not succeed. Apparently, Donna is back with us. Good morning. Welcome to the broadcast. Hey, Vince. Um, I just wanted to tell you, you are one of the very few public figures that I still have any respect for. I admire you so much, and I hope you continue to tell it like it is. You use your own mind, and you try, and you're successful at not being biased. And I just want to tell you that is so rare anymore, and to compliment you for that. Well, it's very kind of you to say. It's... uh I yes, that's really all I could say, Don. I very much appreciate your call, and I can only go by the convictions that I have. And, and what's what's scary about where I am, to be honest with you, is I've not changed over the years. The convictions I've had five years ago, ten years ago, I still hold on to. You know, there are some minor revisions, not on any significant things. But what saddens me to watch all of the people around me who have moved, and they don't know they've moved. They have compromised. They have sold out. And they don't, they don't realize it. This is what's so frustrating about it. So I very much appreciate, and I know there are people out there. I, I, one of the things I'm not going to do is I'm not going to follow people. And this, because this is where, how we've arrived at where we are now is we've gotten to a point where, frankly, a lot of so-called talk show hosts and TV personalities, they're afraid of people. They are afraid of people. I actually had someone tell me that. I'm not going to mention which talk show host it was, but I had someone tell me that they had strong convictions about what was going on and about Trump 
and how unhealthy this man was years ago. But because everybody else, because of this, this is where the danger of populism comes in, it turns into a mob. And so everybody ends up being on the same side. And if you don't join in, then you end up selling out and allowing people to define your positions for you. And that's what's happened. So now you got people, people like Donald Trump calling solid conservatives with 100% conservative voting records rhinos. Anybody who does that to me, I'm just immediately dismissing as a total idiot. It, it, it's really that simple. There's no excuse for it. But this is what happens when you follow personalities and you give them all the power and you, you, you have none. None. It's the same thing happens in a relationship. If you're so, quote, in love with somebody that you are just going to tolerate anything and everything that that person does, you've, lo you've given up all of your power and you've become a doormat. This is what's happened to the entire so-called populist movement with Donald Trump. You have no power over this man whatsoever. He can say and do anything he wants without consequence because you've given all your power there's nothing negotiable anymore it's trump or bust and if that's where you want to be that's fine i'm not going there with anybody i don't care who it is i want to get to this semaphore piece which i think is really excellent donald trump is 77 after he repeatedly mixed her up with nancy pelosi during his speech Nikki Haley wants voters to know that. Here's what she said. I'm not saying anything derogatory, but when you're dealing with the pressures of the presidency, we can't have someone else that we question whether they're mentally fit to do this. I am so glad. And, you know, I told you, I'm not a fan of Nikki Haley, but I'm glad she's on this. She said, we can't. On Fox News, she continued that focus. These are people making decisions on the future of our country. Do we really want them throwing out names and getting things wrong when they're 80 and having to deal with Putin and Z and Kim and North Korea? We can't do that. And she's right. She mentioned Trump's prior habit of describing Barack Obama as if he's the current president, a recurring story that drew enough attention late last year for Trump to address it on Truth Social, claiming it was deliberate. He got confused and said he was running against Obama. He never ran against Obama, she said. Don't put our country at risk like this. Lines like this have been a long time coming. Haley launched a presidential bid calling for politicians over 75 to be required to take a mental competency test. Since coming in third in Iowa, the attack has sharpened. On the campaign trail this week, the former South Carolina governor has repeatedly mentioned Trump's age, tying him in with President Joe Biden for good measure. The majority of Americans think having two 80-year-olds running for president is not what they want. She's right. She noted how he got confused when discussing her culpability and security failures on January 6th as if she were speaker. Even though I wasn't even in D.C. on January 6th, I wasn't even in office. Yeah. 
There's a little sign attacks on Trump's age, let alone his cognitive fitness, have swayed Republican voters, and it's pretty late for this angle to start working now. But Democrats are watching closely as well for signs they may be able to neutralize Biden's vulnerabilities on the issue in a general election. See, this is what we don't want. We want there to be a contrast between Mr. Magoo and Donald Trump, ideally. But if he's got the same cognitive issue, doesn't work, does it? New Hampshire Democratic Party Chairman Ray Buckley said Trump is all about projecting. Trump's a crook, so he calls Hillary a crook. Trump is feeble-minded, so he calls Biden feeble. This may backfire. We will see. Hour number two is straight ahead. Stay with us. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Hour number two with the Vince Coakley radio program. I was just thinking some uh, pretty radical thoughts during the break. Let me tell you what I was thinking. One of the thoughts went through my head. Now I want to make very clear. So do not try to read into my thoughts what I'm not thinking. I am not a supporter of Joe Manchin for president. I want to make that very clear. Let me just say this. If there were a genuine conservative who came along and decided to run as an independent or as a libertarian, that person might very well get my vote in November. I'm clearly not voting for Joe Biden. And I'm open to the idea of voting for somebody else if Donald Trump is on the ballot. I don't mind saying that. If there is a solid conservative libertarian type who is running for president this year, and if those are my choices between, if the choices are between demented and dementia, if there is a viable other, I may go with other. I'm just keeping it real. Here's the other thought I want to throw out to you, and I was just thinking this, and I know some people are going to find this offensive. I embrace the idea, and I want to make this very clear. I want to embrace the idea of America first. I believe in that idea. But let me tell you what many of you are really supporting. You may, in your heads, think you're voting for America first. You need to understand that for Donald Trump, America first equals Donald Trump first. That's the reality. He has to have the preeminence. That's the reality. Now, you may say, you know, it doesn't matter. He's going to do this or that. The truth of the matter is, this is all about him. What you have to understand with a narcissist, you know, people all tell me all the time, oh, he loves his country. You have to understand, when you're dealing with a narcissist, the... 
the um, I don't know what would you, what you what you would call it the tower of love at the very top of the tower of love is self. Yes, he may love his family, he may love his country, but there's nobody Donald Trump loves more than Donald Trump. So when he speaks of America first, it's really Donald Trump first. And the country is maybe second, third, fourth, I don't know where it is. But I'm telling you, this country was not founded on an individual. It was founded by a a group of people who pledged to each other their lives, their fortune, and their sacred honor. Folks, we are reassembling the very kind of thing that we opposed. We opposed having a king. And I'm telling you, some of you, in a very practical way, that's what you're promoting. A monarchy without the title. I just had to get that out of my system. It was going through my head during the break. So there you go. Come at me with your rhetorical responses to that. And I'll be glad to spar with you. To remind us of the stakes. Because I believe all of the military issues that we're facing right now, they're the result of the weakness that have been demonstrated by this administration. And whoever comes into office is going to have one heck of a mess to clean up. One byproduct of the events of the past few months. Our Navy SEALs, two of them, lost off the coast of Somalia, now believed to be dead. They went missing during a night mission off the coast of Somalia, January 11th. And the U.S. Central Command has pretty much come out and declared they're dead. They are on an interdiction mission, climbing onto the side of a vessel. One fell into the water. The second seal dove in after him. After an exhaustive 10-day search, they could not be found. General Michael Carella said in a statement, We mourn the loss of our two Navy Special Warfare Warriors. We will forever honor their sacrifice and their example. Our prayers with the SEALs, families, friends, the U.S. Navy, the entire special operations community. The SEALs' mission saw the elite unit deployed to intercept a sailing boat bound for Yemen. The team found Iranian missile parts set to be delivered to Houthi militants in Yemen. The group that has for weeks shot at civilian and military ships in the Red Sea. The ship was sunk and its crew captured by the SEALs. The operation marked an escalation against Iran in the Yemeni conflict after the U.S. and U.K. launched joint airstrikes on Houthi targets last week. Central Command said the search effort searched more than 21,000 square miles of ocean, included special assistance from the Japanese and Spanish navies. The Houthi militants have continued strikes on civilian cargo shipping, and U.S. warships, despite numerous U.S. airstrikes on their positions. The escalation of the decade-old Yemeni civil war threatens the global shipping market and could mark a new regional war in the Middle East. Another place, another part of the world where our serious attention is desperately needed. Desperately needed. I want to come closer to home 
and talk about an issue that, again, um, if you have a viable comeback for me on this, I would love to hear it. I respect the heck out of Riley Gaines. Here's what she posted on social media this weekend. 63 Republicans in the South Carolina House voted to kill an amendment that would criminalize doctors who chemically and or surgically castrate minors. 63. No, this isn't in California. It's in South Carolina, which has a Republican supermajority primary them all. And I'd say absolutely yes. They are worthless. If you don't have any more sense than to know there's something wrong with surgically castrating minors, I would not vote for you to be a dog catcher. I wouldn't trust you with my dog. Heck, I wouldn't trust you with rodents. This is why I've said before that ideologically the Republican Party is bankrupt. What do these freaking people believe? How much, what else, what else is it they're going to allow to continue? What's your purpose for existence? Are you just going for the sake of having a title and a position? Because if that's who you are, please go home. In fact, why don't you volunteer to chemically castrate yourself? Try it on you and see how you like it. This is an abomination. But this is not this is nothing new. My friend Tara Servatius in South Carolina says, Yep, that's South Carolina. See if your party does not draw a distinction on clear moral issues like this. It's time to close up and flush the toilet on the way out. Love to get your thoughts as we continue the broadcast. Still to come, a Democrat comes out strong on immigration. The name may very well surprise you. And another example of why I believe the federal government needs to stay out of business Leave businesses alone for the most part. We'll tell you about the consequences for two airlines as we continue. A very good promo, by the way. It is 2024. You know it's election year. WBT gearing up to bring you all the latest on what's sure to be an election cycle for the ages. First up, the WBT North Carolina 8th Congressional District Republican primary debate. It's sold out. But don't worry. If you don't have a ticket, you can listen to all the political goodness right here on WBT. Wednesday, January 31st, 7 p.m., we will be at Wingate University's Bat Center. The debate will be moderated by Bo and Beth with questions to the candidates coming from the whole team. That's me, it's Pete Callender, Brett Winterville, Mark Garrison, and Brett Jensen. Thank you to our venue sponsor, Wingate University. Visit WBT.com for more details. Let's take a couple of calls, some very patient callers on the line. First with Greg. Good morning and welcome, Greg. Uh, yes, sir. I was just going to ask the question. The, the statement you made about the 52 government employees that voted for the castration, how do you find out who these people are? That's a very good question. I know there are websites that actually uh, document 
votes on specific issues. I need to get a definitive answer to you on this and how you can do that in South Carolina as far as the legislature is concerned, because that would be a good thing to know, wouldn't it? To know sure. who it is um, and how they are voting. It's uh, So I will try to answer that question for you. So I very much appreciate your call, and we will follow up on this one for sure. But I, I would, I would really like to. I, I'd like to know, you know, like I said, if it was put out in public, you know, that these, you know, grown people are doing things like this and 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 okay and all this. I mean, if they got out to the public, people would, you know, understand it and not vote for them. See, the crazy thing is, I, I don't know about you. I have found this is not a Democrat or Republican issue. Most adults are opposed to this kind of uh, situation going on with minors. They do not believe minors should be basically maimed for life, that nobody should have a right to do that. So, uh, yes, we will follow up on this and provide information on how you can watch what your member Thank of you so the legislature is doing. Thank you very much for your call, Greg. Yes, Thanks I'll, for the. I'll, I'll be listening. I'll, I'll be listening to, to hear who these guys are. I absolutely like appreciate it. it. Let's go out to a call from Jeff. Jeff, welcome to the broadcast, sir. Hey, Vince. Uh, how you doing this morning? All right, sir. All right. So two things I want to bring up. I mean, first, uh, um, and I've heard uh, other people say this. I think I might have even heard Tara say this. Some of these Republicans that are, you know, voting voting this way, well, we believe some of them are just Democrats with an R beside their name. And South Carolina is a red state, so it's kind of easy for them to to hide behind the Republican label. Very much which so. Which is very unfortunate. Which is very unfortunate. And, uh, you know, I think these guys, since they had to be strong-armed into doing the right thing, they should be primaried. And then I also want to talk about, you know, I've been on the Trump train before, and, uh, you know, just like Tara, I've kind of divorced myself from that for various reasons, including could he win over independence and such. Uh, when Ron DeSantis... Uh, dropped out that kind of made me reluctantly get back on the trump train you know you know because of you know what he did or tried to do for us uh, you know the person with the most impressive resume i thought was ron DeSantis, but his campaign for some reason was shoddy from the get-go it's and pathetic. Uh, pathetic you know i'm just and i'm speaking from somebody who had two grandfathers die in their 70s my paternal 76 my maternal grandfather 77 and of course trump is that age so i'm taking all that into consideration as well you know i'm you know ready to move on from him but uh given that he he's going to be our candidate i mean you know it's 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 kind of feeling like where else can i go let me ask you this question let me pose this question to you what happens? I'm just throwing this out, uh, and I, I'm I'm just randomly picking out a date. Let's okay. say he is convicted of something and gets sent to prison in, say, August. Where does okay. this leave you? Well, um, this uh, 
basically, I mean, I want to say, you know, a lot of these charges are bogus. So, I mean, I may still, you know, vote for him, you know, um, whether he's in um, wearing orange or stripes or what have you over the other candidate. But, uh, you know, this is definitely going to scare a lot of independents off. And this is why I kind of wanted to go another way just to avoid, you know, this kind of situation. Um, if, and I'm like you, if somebody else comes along and po- possesses the kind of ideas we like in smaller government, like the Vic Ramaswamy has been doing in his campaign before he suspended it, uh, um, you know, I'd, uh, I'd vote for somebody like that. And, you know, if he picks Vivek as his vice president before he goes away, then I'm curious as to what happens next on that side of the ticket. Yeah, see, I think there's a, this is one of the things that really concerns me. This is why I've said I'm not sure people have really thought this through as to what can happen between now and November. And, and the, the possibilities here are, frankly, none of them are attractive at all. They're not attractive. And, and that's why I was yeah. that's why I was ready to go another direction, you know, simply because of that cuz I'm concerned about the independence, man. And you should be because these are the folks who are going to make or break the presidency in terms of uh, you know, this is what we've seen repeatedly. Uh, you know, Barack Obama won them before, then Donald Trump won them and then uh, Joe Biden won them back. So the question is, who can win those folks this time around? So, uh, hey, I appreciate your call, and thank you for being thoughtful. Um, No matter where you land, I appreciate the fact that you are thinking these things through, uh, because I really think most folks, uh, they're in a fantasy world, that they think that somehow Trump is going to get out of this. I'm, I'm not so confident, and as bogus as you may think these charges are, and I think most of them are, um, they're still very real. And who knows where they will take us, all of us. So we continue our broadcast 29 minutes after 11 o'clock. Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Kaskali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Kaskali is right for you. Back on the Vince Coakley radio program, you know, it's very refreshing when you find someone who is, quote, on the other side, who takes a solid position on an issue, case in point, on immigration. I think that a majority of Americans are concerned about what's going on with their southern border. They're very concerned about it. This is not a Republican or Democrat issue. We were at a place where, again, I think a strong candidate who is firm on this particular issue can get a consensus of support. The person I'm about to tell you about is breaking with his party again and says migration crisis, the current migration crisis is threatening to destroy the American dream. 300,000 people approach the southern border right now in hopes of crossing into the U.S. 
This is crazy. And why would they not come this way? Everything that they've seen and heard certainly indicates that there's a green light to just walk right in. What would stop them? This senator is demanding a secure border. This is not an issue he views as being controversial. It's pretty straightforward. Who am I talking about? John Fetterman, Democrat from Pennsylvania. Listen to his comments in a conversation with Jake Tapper on Friday. I honestly don't understand why it's controversial to say we we need a secure border. Uh, I've been very clear. In fact, that was weaponized against me as Republicans in my race that I'm very much a, a strong supporter of immigration. And, you know, my my wife's family, I, that's the uh, Oregon story about that. Uh, and I think two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we also need to have a secure border. And I really, I think about immigration as we want to provide the American dream for any uh, migrant. But it seems very difficult when you have 300,000 people showing up encountered at, at our border to do that. And I think we need to, to re, do a reset and we have to work together uh, and develop uh, a new comprehensive solution to that. A new comprehensive solution. Fetterman, by the way, his wife arrived in the U.S. as an undocumented immigrant at the age of seven. He is a proponent of legal migration. That's how he has positioned himself. He's questioning why progressive critics from the left have issues with his pro-border security stance. Jake Tapper was curious. Why have you been criticized by so many progressives? He said two things can be true at the same time. You can be very supportive of immigration, but we need to have a secure border. Duh. In recent weeks, Fetterman has broken from the far left of his party, showing strong support for Israel since the October 7th Hamas terror attack. You know where a lot of Democrats are on this. He also stated the U.S. should toughen up its southern border policy. A lot of them on the left think this is, frankly, inhumane. Fetterman made it, made it very clear, I'm not a progressive. I'm a Democrat. Committed to choice and other things. But with Israel, I'm going to be on the right side. Immigration is something near and dear to me. We have to effectively address that as well. And this is also interesting, saying it's not ideal to have this conversation about immigration linked to funding Israel and Ukraine. See, this is one of the tricks the administration's trying to pull, because they desperately want that money to send to Israel and especially Ukraine. So they figure, you know, Republicans want something on immigration so badly, let's link them all together. It's just... It's just wrong. Just wrong. Fetterman goes on to say it's a reasonable conversation until somebody can say there's an explanation on what we can do when 270,000 people are being encountered on the border, not including the ones that we don't know about. To put that in reference, he said that's essentially the size of Pittsburgh. 
the second largest city in Pennsylvania, the size of Pittsburgh. That's what's on, on the way now to this country. In a December interview with Politico, Fetterman said, I hope Democrats can understand it is not xenophobic to be concerned about the border. It's a reasonable conversation, and Democrats should engage. I think this is absolutely an admirable position for John Fetterman's take. By the way, last, last fiscal year, the Biden administration saw the single highest number of encounters of the border on record. 2.4 million migrants streamed across the southern border. And that's just the encounters the Border Patrol had. Plenty of illegal crossers who did not come into contact with DHS officers. Who knows? Who knows what the real number is? 6,575 encounters a day. So that means it would just take over two full weeks for 95,000 illegal crossers to enter the U.S. Insane, isn't it? Absolutely insane. Still to come, I'm going to talk about an example of why the federal government ought to stay out of most businesses. We'll tell you about the consequences as we continue the broadcast. Final stretch of the Vince Coakley radio program on this Monday. As you know, I'm a big fan of aviation. Um, finally had the opportunity to visit my mother this weekend. I think I mentioned to you that I was attempting to do so the previous weekend. Ended up with the flu, and that just threw me for quite a while. Had the opportunity to go Saturday morning to visit mom. She's doing pretty well. She's in good health. And um, for the most part, just resting comfortably. Um, you know, at 92, that's, um, that's pretty good. It was uh, kind of intriguing on the way there, getting on the plane, and the captain came on and made the announcement about what to expect for the trip. You know, we're going to be flying at 26,000 feet, and it's going to be a 55-minute ride. And mentioned once we arrive in Lexington, the temperature will be, okay, you think it was cold here? He said, when we arrive in Lexington, the temperature right now is zero. <laughs> I was like, whoa, zero. I thought it was cold here. So arrived there and um, just took an Uber back and forth to visit my mother. And uh, just that short time, I, oh my gosh, it's brutally cold. And there's snow on the ground. That was the other thing I noticed. I knew this because of talking to relatives there. But it was pretty cool to see once we came out of the clouds and entered into the southern part of Kentucky. I mean, you could just see the snow on the ground. It was beautiful. And the landing was beautiful, too into Bluegrass Airport, but it was, I was thinking to myself, I do not miss this at all. They can have it. <laughs> they can have it. Last week, I told you about how a judge intervened and stopped the acquisition that JetBlue was attempting 
with Spirit Airlines. Now, I don't mind saying this. I'm not a supporter of big business. doesn't have anything to do with that. But I do not think in most cases the federal government ought to be interfering in the affairs of businesses. So what's happening now, according to NBC News, JetBlue may have to cut some routes in a profitability push now that a judge has barred them from purchasing Spirit. They're appealing, by the way. They're just trying to make a profit. That's all. High costs and capacity in the U.S. market. So JetBlue told staff they're going to cut some routes and service. So this is going to impact people. JetBlue is going to stop flying from New York's Kennedy Airport to some smaller cities. And, you know, this not having this service, this means it's going to be higher costs. See, when you have competition, the prices come down. And now they're going to have to pull out. And in some cases, you probably will have a monopoly by one or two airlines. We can't fly everywhere, they said. So we need to be highly selective about where we put our aircraft in order to turn a profit support our overall network strategy and offer reliable operation. JetBlue also ending the so-called blue city status, a type of focus city for the airline. This is the impact of the federal government just getting involved. And where would they have been, like number four or five on the list of airlines in terms of size? Just leave them alone. And these people who are making these decisions, judges or whomever, many of these people never run a business in their lives. They have no idea what they're doing. But that doesn't matter. They have our best interests at heart, right? Isn't that just absolutely wonderful? Let us take a look at the day in history. How are you doing today, George? George is with us. I'm doing well, thank you. We begin in 1901. Queen Victoria died after 63 years on the throne. 1959, this beer manufacturer introduced the first recyclable beer can. I will give you a hint and tell you they actually sponsor a stadium. And I... Don't remember where it is. Which one it is? 1959 is when they brought out the recycled can. Uh, Anheuser Busch. No, it's actually Coors. Coors. Coors uh, brought okay. that out. 1973. Hopefully, this will be an easier one. This is getting a lot of attention because this is the anniversary of a monumental Supreme Court decision that was recently overturned. 1973 is when it came out. Uh, Roe v. Wade. Roe v. Wade is correct. 1984, this computer was introduced to the world in a Super Bowl spot. Which one was it? This is how I learned how to type, by the way. Um, it was on this particular computer that kind of went out of fashion for a while, but it's hmm. back strong now. Uh, IBM? 
It's the Macintosh, Macintosh. computer. That was going to be my first guess, and did, I changed my see, mind. See, you don't, you got to stop overthinking. I do that, too, because I, I know that well. Uh, did you ever use the Macintosh? Uh, no, I've used the Apple uh, system, okay. but I never used the original okay. Macintosh. No. Yeah, that was my first computer that I learned on. It was pretty cool. 1998, Ted Kaczynski pleaded guilty. This guy had a nickname in 1998. You know what it was. Uh, Unabomber? Unabomber is absolutely correct. 2003, this group took over as the officially largest minority group in the USA. Who are they now? Ugh. 2003. I'll give you a hint. I ain't in it. Okay, then, then I guess it would be Hispanic. You are absolutely correct. Hispanics. Largest minority group in the USA as of 2003. And in 2008, sadly, we lost Heath Ledger. Died of an accidental drug overdose. That's our look of the day in history, and that's all of our time. Thank you very much for joining us in the broadcast today. Have yourselves a great day, and God bless you. Adios.